and welcome to Scottish Independence Podcasts. We have something a little different for you this week. Instead of asking the questions, Marlene and I were guests on the podcast from Radio Yes Cymru, hosted by Sean Jobbins. Here's how we got on. Hello, Shumai, and welcome to Radio Yes Cymru. And this is a big Scottish edition because there's a lot to discuss. I'm Sean Jobbins and I'm from Radio Yes Cymru, but we have Marlene Halliday from Scotland and Fiona McGregor, also from Scotland, conveniently enough for a podcast about Scottish politics. Uh, Marlene and Fiona, I'll ask you to introduce yourselves quickly and then we go into big topics about that Supreme Court decision and then the stonking 56% for independence latest poll. So start with you, Fiona. Hi, I'm Fiona McGregor. I'm one of the Indie Live podcast team. And we do the Scottish Independence podcast, which goes out every Friday. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there. Uh, lo- lovely to be here. I'm I'm Marlene, Marlene Halliday. And uh, yeah, ditto to what uh, Fiona just said. Um, so, yeah, we're part of the broader Yes movement up here in Scotland. It's really good to be talking to yourself, uh, Sean, and, and, and know that this is going out down in Wales. Good. Well, we're very interested in Wales, Yes Cymru, and Radio Yes Cymru is also particularly interested, and there's just a lot to discuss. So we start with the Supreme Court, which now feels a lot of, a long time ago, but it's probably about a month now, isn't it, three weeks ago. It looks to me, ladies, that they've, the British establishment has shifted the goalposts, you know, because <laughs> I, my understanding of the British Constitution as it is, or what it is, is that basically precedent is then the law, isn't it? So... I'd assume because there'd been a referendum on independence before, there's no legal reason then not to have another one. And maybe a lot of people were thinking that as well. The goalpost has now been moved. I think we'd all agree there needs to be some discussion with the metropolitan, the central power when independence happens, because you want it to be seen as legitimate, legitimate and seen, recognised internationally. What's happened and how do people up in Scotland see this? How has it impacted? Maybe start with you, Fiona. Well, I don't think it's the big disaster that perhaps at at first we thought. I mean, to me, what would have been worse is if the Supreme Court had either come out with something really vague or said they couldn't decide it. So really, there were two choices. They could say, yes, Holyrood has the power to have a referendum, which would have been great. Or it could say, no, it doesn't. And it said a clear, no, it doesn't. But that then just means the remedy is not in the world of legality it's in politics it's in democracy and that's really the whole argument has shifted from being one of you know what is the route or the process by which we're going to get independence to more what does democracy mean in scotland what does it mean to be part of a, a union which is no longer a voluntary union if it ever was um, so that's, I, I'm not depressed about it at all. I just think, right, one door's been closed. Let's hammer down the, the alternative path, see where we get to. So so what is the, the alternative path then, Adine? Pick it, I was just grinning a little bit when yeah. you, you mentioned the, the, the establishment shifting the goalposts. I mean, the establishment have been shifting the goalposts ever since Mrs Thatcher I don't know if you're old enough to remember, I am, Thatcher, but I am, I am. And uh, you know, like in the back in the seventies, she, 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 it was quite simple. She just said, "Well, yes. you know, Scotland wants to be independent. Let them send a majority of independent supporting MPs down to Westminster." Well, of course, we've been doing that for the last, mm. you know, decade almost. And and up here, it's it's pretty well, you know, thought that if the establishment at the time in Westminster had thought there was any chance of losing a referendum in 2014, they would never have agreed to one. 
I mean, when they agreed the Edinburgh Agreement, polling was something like twenty-five percent in support of yes, and then and then it got up to forty-five yeah. percent. So, so I think in a way we're kind of used to the goalposts shifting. Yeah. Um, and what struck me was, I, I mean, Fiona was saying she, you know, she wasn't too depressed. Actually, I was a, I was a bit depressed on the day of the ruling, not because of the ruling, because that clarifies the situation. I was more depressed when I made the mistake of listening to um, an urgent question that was put um, by Ian Blackford in the House of Commons to Alistair Jack. Now, Alistair Jack is the Secretary of State for Scotland. And all the questions from Ian and and then a lot of other Scottish MPs and also the Plaid Cymru leader in the the Commons were, well, what is is the legal route for for, to leave leave the union? And... He, Alistair Jack just he, answer, he never he? answered the question. No. He never answered the question, and in the end, when the mention got made of all the mandates that Holyrood and has, he just said, "We don't recognise that mandate." So it seems to me then that the the, 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 the government and Westminster government, the Tory party in particular, they've just gone into um, a sort of what what I've heard called an opposition of de- denial. They just deny <laughs> it and deny it and deny it and. That's tough to get through. So haven't yeah. I know I realise I haven't answered your question uh, yet, but it, it gives a bit of a background to, to where we are. Uh, one current option is that the next time there's a general election, yeah. we'll make it into a quasi-referendum. Yeah, so it's the Sinn Féin 1918 scenario in Ireland, and that gives yeah. legitimacy. And, you know, this is what how most countries have actually become independent. There's been a vote in the local, if you want, you know, the, the local Soviet, the local cons- constituent parliament, they vote for independence, and that's then negotiations start. That happened in Czechoslovakia, when Slovak became independent. This happened with Slovenia and, and Croatia, happened in the Baltic states as well to some extent. What is interesting, the UK now doesn't seem to me, maybe you know more because the discussion's more nuanced up there, there isn't a legitimate democratic path to independence. You know, this is literally a worse situation than the constitution of the Soviet Union in 1990. So... So which in the Constitution 1978 says, you know, you have a right to independence, Article 74. Article 75 makes it impossible for you actually to get independence. They amended that because the Lithuanians called for independence and declared UDI in 1988, and their local Soviet did, and Estonians and Africans followed suit. And then by 1990, Gorbachev in a sort of panic says, OK, we'll have a new Constitution for the USA, which was passed by the states which boycotted, did boycott it, which says there is a ref- there's a path for independence. If your local Soviet votes for independence, then essentially you can have independence. And this is what happened in 1921 after coup. So there was a path within the Soviet Union, ironically, <laughs> for yeah. states to become independent, and that was yeah. legitimate. And that's how Lithuania was recognised in 1981 when it wasn't in 1988. If the UK state isn't given the path, I mean, I'm guessing uh, they're looking that the Scots are what they think is a gotcha moment, which is like the Catalan referendum a few years ago, where the Catalans yeah. held a referendum. The vote actually for Catalan independence was actually higher in terms, even in terms of turnout and numbers than the Brexit vote of 52%. So even though it was essentially boycotted by the Spanish, more people actually vote for independence as a percentage in Catalonia than did for Brexit in the UK. So, I mean, is I'm guessing that's the idea that you you forced into having some kind of referendum, but nobody recognises, and then they come out and say, unconstitutional, what wasn't unconstitutional at one time, uh, and then you're seen as the 
naughty people that the people supported in the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's not going to happen. Though, that, that's true. I mean, I suppose you know the background to all of this is, however we do it. I'm sure we will do it, but yeah. however we do it, it's got to be done in a way that's accepted by the international community. I mean, yeah. in particular by the UN and and, yeah. and also the EU. And after that, other countries will, you know, uh, probably. Yes. I'm sure would. Uh, you know, would would support it as well. So that's the kind of background to it. And and um, declaring UDI, I mean, that would be a real last resort, I think, up here. There's other things possibly to try. Um, I mean, not least being that it's this particular conservative government that's you know refusing, just yeah. not minded to give us to give us a, a referendum. Um, they've they've got another two years probably after that, looking like they won't be in power. Yeah. So that's a change of government. Now, the Labour government, UK Labour Party, isn't um, pro. Well, it isn't pro independence. No. But I think maybe they wouldn't kind of turn their face quite so strongly against a referendum as as the Tories as the Tories are doing. Is that wishful think, thinking, Fiona? Are they going to also try and kick the? Oh. I think they're betting on kicking the can down the road, and if something happens that goes wrong from their point of view, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. It's it's hard to call. I mean, in in a way, Labour is pretty much an irrelevance in Scotland. Yeah. Um, and they're quite. It's quite difficult sitting up here to get a handle on just what exactly Starmer's attitude to a lot of things is he appears to be pro-Brexit, he appears to be anti-trade union, he, you know, he certainly has said he's talking to a certain group of his membership about not allowing any more referendums and cracking down on the jocks is kind of how we hear it, you know. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of what you were saying earlier about Soviet thing, I just the Supreme Court is quite a catch-22, really, what yeah. they've said, because the, the term, are we a colony?, was part of that discussion. And the answer was, no, we're not a colony because we have democracy, but we're not allowed to use that democracy. <laughs> so we have fewer rights than if we were a colony when we could go to the yeah. International Court of uh, Justice. Uh, and ironically, Emma Lewis is the head of law department here in Aberystwyth University. has uh, asked the same question here for Wales. And because we are a colony, we were actually conquered militarily you know, we could actually possibly have more rights to a referendum than Scotland, which <laughs> is do, sort yeah. of rather surprising at <laughs> <laughs> events for us here in Wales. So actually, so it's worth reading uh, this piece, in, it's certainly in Welsh, and in English also by Emir about uh, the situation in Wales. Yeah. The one thing that our First Minister has been absolutely clear about, though, is we're not going to be doing any kind of Catalan-style, yeah. you know, unofficial wildcat thing. So really, the I think the big issue is one of timing. Um, and if it is the next general election becomes a plebiscite election for us, the way the polls are going at the moment, we would win that. And certainly the, the position in Scotland is with regard to political parties, there's a number of independent supporting parties. Obviously, the SNP is the one everybody's heard of. Yeah. But there's also the Greens, there's also ALBA, there's also ISP, there's also SSP. And, you know, to have a sort of joined up approach if they can manage to get that and there's a lot of different issues in those mm. different groupings but if we could manage to get uh, an in one independence mandate that they're standing on and if the polling carries on in, for another two years that would have to be politically the strongest statement we could send and whether it's the Tories that win that election or whether it's Labour that win that election I don't see how either of them could ignore that. So, so are you suggesting that, I don't remember how many seats did I in Scotland, 53 is it, I think, 
59, I think. 59, right, okay. although, although it may be, it's about to be oh, reduced, right. but, yeah, um, so but it's 59 at the moment. So it's a suggestion, I'm just winging this now, that the SNP stand in, I don't know, 53 seats, the Greens stand in two or three, and then the other parties, and then you know, you're asking the independents, there's a clear vote for an independence ticket, but there's a plurality of pro-independence parties. Is that a suggestion? Or, I mean, yeah, yeah. yes, it, it is. And, and, but it's not, I mean, obviously, I, I mean, Westminster first passed the post. There's yeah. no question that, that, that um, you know, the, the, it might even be all, um, all MPs go back as, as, as SNP. I, I mean, certainly it's looking like that the six conservative Scottish MPs will, um, yeah. will not, will not be there after an election. They'll go back with a, you know, a huge majority, maybe one or two Labour Labour MPs, but but the what's being proposed is that it's the number of votes cast, so not the number of constituencies, right. but the number of votes cast for any independent supporting party. And I mean, in a general election, that will really um, be SNP and Scottish Greens, but maybe Alba might Alba might stand stand some yeah. candidate. So anyway, you 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 basically put together all of those votes. And if that comes to more than fifty percent of the total votes cast, yeah. then that's that's the quasi referendum one. But there is a danger there that say that happens, and I'm not too sure of whatever seat is Morningside, which I hear about in Edinburgh, which is a let's say the SNP stand and also the Green and also Oliver, uh, and then that's that vote is split, and then Labour Tories squeak in. Then there's a risk in that, is it? If there's not some kind of agreement beforehand, or the SNP is by far the biggest of yeah, those yeah. parties. And in terms of a, a, a Westminster election, yeah. almost certainly that's going to be the party that stands. But there are, because there are sort of different views within the Yes movement, yeah. I think there are some people who would want an alternative to vote for, yeah. whether it's Alba or whether it's Green in some constituencies. Yeah. Whether that would be enough to yeah. split the vote, I don't know. I mean, the, yeah. the polling at the moment is suggesting, as Marlene says, it'd be a wipeout apart from probably a couple of Labour yeah. In Murray from is it central Edinburgh? He'd it's be born in South Edinburgh. Morningside, yeah. Yeah. I used to live in Morningside. <laughs> I think it's a, a a good thing that there are although you know, Fiona says it's the SNP that's by far the biggest yeah. party and, and it will be through the SNP that will yeah. will we'll finally be, become um independent. But it's a, also it's a good thing that there is, you know, there are other parties. Fiona and I are part of the wider yes movement. Right. And there are other parties there to be voted for. So I, I think that's be a, is a good sign, actually. If- One thing that's going to be really interesting, though, if you take the likes of Scottish Labour, um, who are a branch office, they're not an actual Scottish yeah. party, which is another issue, um, 40% of their membership yeah. are pro-Indie. So yeah. if, if you think about... Uh, a plebiscite election if you're saying to them right you might be a labor party member you might have voted labor your entire yeah. life but you're in favor of independence what are you going to do at that plebiscite election are you going to vote labor yeah. anyway and overcome your indie side or are you going to vote yes yeah so you're asking people to borrow their votes to the independence movement yeah, yeah. For, for the sake of making it a, so, a yes vote and- so let's see how this happens it's a, a general election two years time SNP, let's say, sweep the board, all seats, all, all seats, mind them. So then the thinking is that the SNP will go, again go back to Supreme Court or the Westminster government and say, look, we've had a mandate, a clear mandate. Everyone knows exactly. The dogs in the street know what they're voting for. <laughs> you know, and, and there's over, let's say, there's 52% of the totality of the votes actually are for independent parties too. Then the idea then is the 
Supreme Court would find it very difficult to say no or what's the, what's plan, what's the next step? I, I think that? we don't, that's not clear. I mean, there are some voices that would say, okay, if, if that happens, as you say, say, you know, 52%, and yeah. hopefully it would be more, but at least, you know, that, that itself is a referendum on independence and Scottish government will then um, open negotiations with the Westminster government to take independence forward. So that's that's okay. the one that's the one idea. The other idea is that it's not a referendum in itself, but it's another you know additional mandate to have a a, a specific okay. referendum. Now I, I must say, if it was that, there'd be a, there's a lot of us up here would just go, oh, <laughs> yeah. how much do you have to do? You yeah, know, yeah. so so it's not clear yet, and as you said, it's only a few weeks since the Supreme Court ruling, yeah. so we're only entering into thinking through how to do that. And, and um, but those would be those are the two options. I mean, for myself, I'd hope it would be that's it. We've done it. We've voted for independence, and now you know get round the table and and work out the. The uh, you know the details of of, of that, so, but, but who knows? What if the Westminster government says no, we're not doing it? Well, it's and that's not infeasible. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, there's a reason that this government, the Westminster system, has had three hundred, four hundred, okay, seven hundred years of playing games and using power politics and macro politics to bribe people, as they did in seventeen o seven with you. They bribed the Irish in eighteen o one. You know, this is what they do, and this institutional history and knowledge there about how to win these games and play the game as well. Yes, yeah, but they, they maybe indeed. haven't met many Scottish people, though, because the one thing that Wiles <laughs> is being told you can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's true. You tell us that we can't do something and we'll immediately do it, even though we might not even want to do it. I mean, the, the other thing about that, um, having a, a general election as a, a quasi-referendum, um, yeah. is that it excludes two groups of voters. So up here... Voting age is 16. Yeah, in Wales now as well. Okay. Yeah, in, in, in Wales. So if it's a referendum just up here right. as, as the last time, then the 16 plus are able to vote and they are highly in favour of, yeah. I mean, something like 70% yes, for yes. people 16 to 25. And the other group of people up here who have, who were excluded from a general election are EU citizens living in oh, Scotland. Right. Yeah. Now, last time, the EU citizens living up here tended, not completely, but tended to vote no yeah. because they were frightened yeah. you know, yeah, we that we'd end up out of the EU. They would also yeah. vote yes, but they won't be able to vote in a general election. So it's a, there's definitely a risk to it, to doing yeah. it. So moving on from that, so obviously I think the the Unionist parties, Tory and Labour, thought they had a gotcha moment in the Supreme Court and they came out with nonsense about unconstitutional. Well, it was unconstitutional one time for women to vote, wasn't it? And the other <laughs> things which are unconstitutional, yeah. was unconstitutional one time as well. The latest poll, 56% came out this week. Yeah, that, that's pretty solid now. Yeah. I'm guessing these numbers can sort of go up and down because there's a margin error, a couple of people out of the house. But it's going in one direction. I think now, it, it seems to me there's been a tipping point. It's been hovering around 50% for a while. There seems to be a five percent odd people now think, okay, that's it. You know, we'll show up type of thing, and it's made people's minds up. And you know, is that am I right? Is that is it basically people just being put off by the Supreme Court telling people they can't vote for independence, or there's something else as well? Well, I think it could that could well be a big part of it. And as you say, the fi the figures sort of hover between. It's been a size fifty eight at one point. the The direction of travel yeah. is is positive, um, and that partly is a demographic thing as well, because yeah, yeah. the only group left now, the only age group left, 
who are more pro-union is the over 65s. Now, at one point you were, it was sort of the mid 40s, but now it's, if you're over 65, it's about 40, 60 there. So even that's not a huge vote. So gradually as time goes on, the younger folk come into the the, the electorate and, and it does sort of move. Um, but, but it, it is quite staggering because obviously at the same time, and that's that it's that, you know something's clicked down uh, in the rest of the UK with the Tory. I think with the Tories' um, budget in in September, and Labour Party is now very strong, certainly here in Wales and, and in England. It wouldn't have been impossible to foresee that that would have had some effect in Scotland if people say, okay, we'll give we'll give the union another chance. You know, we'll see what Sam has got to do. And so I was half expecting maybe it to be some kind of surge in. Labour Party vote in Scotland that may be a sort of, okay, if there is going to be a Labour government, it's different for the last 10, 12 years, let's give them a chance. Is that not happening then? Or? I, I, don't I don't think so. Think, and I think I think, I think so. Gordon Brown is a big part of the issue because right. Gordon Brown is a personality that is really associated with the 2014 referendum yeah. because of his infamous vow, yeah. which he had no right to make and wasn't kept. It was broken the next day. Yeah. And yeah. everybody knows that. Yeah. So the fact that he is their go-to man and they've wheeled him out yet again to come up with some other permutation of a federal UK, which everybody knows can't work unless you break up England. Yeah, it has no legs. Yeah, exactly. So I think that is partly, you know, Labour were in power for so long in Scotland. The fact that we've lost faith with them really since because they stood on that platform in 2014 with the Tories. And I don't think there's any coming back from that, regardless of what um, started. And so, and, and so even if, say, Labour win the next election in two years' time, would there be a feeling Scott and say, OK, well, let's see what this lot has got to say. They'd be maybe different from the past. I don't well, I, I mean, I doubt it. I mean, I'd, obviously, Labour polling in England, presumably in Wales as well, uh, you know, has, has gone up hugely yeah. um, in the last sort of six months, year in particular. Um, and it's gone up a little bit here in Scotland, but nothing like the same amount. Right. I mean, there's certainly not going to be a whole swathe of um, Labour MPs going back down to Westminster from Scotland. I mean, there may be more than the one that they have yeah. at the moment, but it won't be very much. So... It's always going to be, uh, even if it's a new Labour government, having yeah. to talk, talk to yeah. the SNP. So, so, so Labour needs to start thinking what their strategy is to dealing with an SNP with a mandate for independence, possibly. Do you yeah. know the, the one thing that would really, and I don't understand why they don't do it, the one thing that would really save Labour in Scotland is to set up a Scottish Labour yeah. Party, yeah. not a branch office mm-hmm. of the UK one, because then you would have them actually focused on issues in Scotland. And if they set up a Scottish Labour Party and supported independence, they could be a huge part of designing a new country. And I don't understand why Labour in Scotland does not want to be in a position of influence for good for a, a, a newly independent country where they would be hugely useful given the you know the the outlook um and yet because they're just this branch office of a uk party which is looking in a completely different direction and trying to win Tory voters who are appalled yeah. at how far right the Tory government is but i think that's true and and i mean south of the border south of the scottish england border yeah. The SNP is you know, always just described as if it's divisive, it's always going on about independence. Why don't you go back and run your country properly? Well, you know, if you look at what the, the SNP have been in power up here since 2007. Mm. And if you, you know, if you look at what they've done, they're, they're a left-leaning political party. The kind of 
policies that they brought in and the, the things that they've done, like the baby box. There's we've we've taken over some of the um, benefit system, and there's a, there's a completely new approach to that. So if you look at you know basically they're a left leaning um, they're a left leaning political party for a left leaning country, and yeah. as Fiona says that the why on earth Labour Scottish Labour supporters don't get in on that is 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 beyond me really. Well, I think they 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 still think that. Westminster is the proper parliament, and uh, they still think that you know <laughs> Scotland is not really a proper country. I think it's as simple as that. It comes it's a cultural vote, and in, in the end, it's more it's nothing to really do with economics any policies. So about this um polling, then. So I mean, that's pretty chunky. I mean, that's a that's a that's a it significant uh, yes going one way. I mean, is there anything looking forward? Do you think could damage that and bring it down to fifty percent or oh. something or? Uh, there's well, always well, something. There's <laughs> always something. And I mean, like Fiona mentioned, you know, it has been up at 58 before. Now, that happened in the first year of the COVID pandemic. Pretty certain that the reason that that happened was that, that, that people in Scotland um, saw every day, they saw Nicola Sturgeon behind a podium with her medical, you know, yeah. team to giving really good information um, you know, she stood there every day and announced a number of people who were, you know, seriously ill, people who died. It, yeah. it took a lot of guts to do that. Yeah. And then they compared to what happened when number 10's COVID announcements yeah. came and, and all the kerfuffle about PEE as PPE yeah. as well. So I think at that point there was a, a boost to the folk who wanted who were saying yes to independence because they, they saw, I mean, admittedly in circumstances we would never have wanted. Yeah. But they saw a Scottish government and, and a, a Scottish outlook and, you know, lo- looking to care for the people in Scotland that was far better than what they saw coming out from... Yeah, and a, and a similar thing happened. So it, so it, it went up. There was, yeah. there was, but, it was unsim- but then unsim- it went back down again. Yeah. So, so, yeah, we're up at 56. I think there's been three polls since that Supreme Court ruling and they're all up, 54, right. 55, yeah, I, I, 56. I but it can go back down again. And what we have to do is what we've always had to do, which is get out in the streets yeah. and, and make, make programmes like this one you're making yeah. and our equivalent and, and, and make that 56% absolutely solid. I mean, I don't think it's absolutely solid yet, no. but it's, it's, it's heading there. So you listen to me, Sean Jobbins from Radio Yes Company, talking to Marlene Halliday and Fiona McGregor from Scottish Independence Podcast. And we're having a good discussion about Scotland. Learning a lot here. Uh, thanks for the time. So this brings me maybe to the last part of the discussion about what actually happens now. So I'm, I'm listening to some Scottish podcasts. I read this Scottish blogs and stuff. I mean, there has been um, criticism of the SNP for being too timid, not having the referendum earlier, or pushing it when the the, the iron was hot straight after Brexit, um, that People are maybe feeling that there have been rallies that they are now maybe happening too frequently or not frequent enough, or there's not enough streets going, street events happening. Do you think the SNP, as uh, as the main vehicle for independence, has it done the right thing? Has it taken the right course, or has it been too timid, or, or, do, or do you think they're playing the long game and allowed the Westminster establishment to make mistakes for them? The one thing the SNP, um, you know has in spades, as it were, is being able to play the long game. They've been playing the long game since, you know, the first the 70s when they first got started to get a few MPs down in Westminster. Um, so the, that's that that's what they're that's what they excel at. Now that also means that you've got to be patient. 
Nicola Sturgeon is one for playing the long game. She's also, um, it's plenty of people up here think she's cautious, you know, too cautious. But, you know, it has, on the other hand, look, you know, we are at 56% in the yeah, poll. So, yeah. so, you know, you're not going yeah. to say no to that. You know, no, it's, like, mean, it's like people might not like Keir Starmer, but, but you know, he's 20% ahead of the Tories. You're not going to complain about that. So so they do they do play the long game. I mean, I, th- I think so there's, yeah, you know, as you said, there are, especially the last, I don't know, Fiona, maybe the last kind of two, three years has been more, um, voices coming in, you know, maybe out speaking out of frustration, but also genuine attempts to try and, you know, try and say, well, are there other ways that we could okay. do? And I mean, some of them, like UDI, really are not are not going to happen. And not just because um, Nicola Sturgeon's cautious, but because it's not the way to get what we want. But you know, there's there's other groups thinking through, you know, other possibilities. Um, so it's quite a, you know, it's quite a mix, and it can, at least on social media, it can be quite a brisk kind of, yes. you know, mm-hmm. arguments kind of, of kind of going on. But the polls for the for the SNP keep coming back over, you know, fifty percent of people saying they'll vote for them. That's the place to be if you're a politician. And the important thing isn't isn't when it happens; it's that we win. Yeah. Um, so there's no point in going too early and losing because the next referendum, realistically, is the last referendum. You know, when we can't yeah. keep coming back yeah, and back and back. So uh, certainly, the older we get, the, the more impatient we get. You know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the thing with the SNP's kind of gradualist approach i think that probably is why we've got parties like alpa have sprung up yeah. you know it's people who want alpa is something like 0.4 percent of the electorate but about half of the activists you know so they're the ones who who want to push and go further and faster and sometimes that can be counterproductive when you know we get involved in internal spats how much of that gets seen outside of the the bubble of the yes activists i don't know to me the fact that we've had to do less um ourselves because westminster has just been so appalling for so long they kind of make the argument for us and i think if anything pushes to make it happen quicker it's to limit the damage we see coming i mean the thing that terrifies me right now coming down the road is this idea that they're going to privatize the nhs they're going to sell it off to rich tory donors that appalls me and whilst our nhs's are separate scottish nhs is it's not gone anywhere near the the amount of privatization that's already happened in england but we can't protect it with a devolution settlement no no, we can't same in ways there's some things which have been sort of being fed but you can't if yeah. if, if, the, if the budget's been cast in Westminster with yeah. Bond, then it's essentially cut here in Wales and in Scotland. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I suppose you have your own version of the Barnet formula. Yeah. But, but but you know, going back to that, you know, long term, the long game. You know, SNP have been in power since two thousand and seven. I either a minority government or yeah. majority. And now, when the first minister and the SNP invited the Scottish Greens to join in a yeah. in a in a, a, a kind of alliance, which yeah. you know, they took a wee while to work out. So they've now there's now two. Scottish Green ministers, part of the Scottish government. Those are all things that, um, you know, just kind of slowly, slowly have an effect on that portion of the Scots um, public who are not convinced yet. And it's getting smaller and smaller. It's only maybe five, six percent, something, you know, something, something like that. Yes, and Um, and it's interesting in in Wales, Scottish, the the Welsh Green Party, though it's still part of the England and Wales Green Party, so I'm not too sure how that yeah, works. Yeah. Yeah. But they're now in favour of independence. So yeah. 
there's yeah. an interesting happening yeah. there, and I'm, I'm guessing a lot of that is down to the, yeah, and the and other th- other things are happening up here. I mean, yes, there's the there's a continued wrangling with Westminster, but but you know, as we've been saying, the the the, the independent side of that tends to come out well because of the ineptness of the yeah. Westminster side. But there's other things happening up here that are just positive, you know, initiatives. So. So Mike Russell, who's the president of the mm-hmm. SNP, he's put together a small kind of consultant consulting group to to work with um, an expert in constitu- writing constitutions, yeah. a chap called Elliot Bulmer, and and out of that has come a draft constitution for an independent yeah. Scotland. Because the independence day one, we have to have something in place yeah. to just protect basic, you know, Scottish mm-hmm. citizens and human rights. So. That's all coming through, and I mean, it hasn't. It's, it's still in the still in a draft draft form, and and it is only a piece of paper. It's not like a piece of paper that even the SNP have, you know, uh, accepted. But it's a very positive. I mean, I'm part of the group, so I know what's in it. It's a, <laughs> it's a very very positive. You know, it's a very positive. Um, or, you know, writing, and it's it's us saying. This is the kind of people we are. Yeah. This is the kind of society we want, and this is the kind of nation we want. And you know, it's brilliant. So there's, there's that's just one example, but there's other sort of positive things happening that are not um, SNP themselves, but yeah. you know, hopefully at some point. Uh, yeah, it seems to me that some people yeah. want to go back to the the excitement of 2014 and the whole movement. But that's very knackering. <laughs> You know, campaigning yeah. is tiring. I mean, people people need to have it. We're very bad with campaigns here with maybe for the language. People then need a break, literally, just to wind down, go back to their family, yeah. maybe concentrate on, on their career yeah. or something. They can't be in this sort of fervent zone for more, I don't think, more than a year and a half. I think there's some kind of natural cut-off in that respect. So people need to have time to wind down. And movement, I think, also needs time to get new people in. Yeah. People get disillusioned, yeah. people get fed up or whatever. They move yeah. away. So, I mean, but it, but there is a big, maybe with, you need to make sure that there's something happening because you need to have hit the ground running if there is some kind of a referendum or another vote. Yeah. So is that... Our young folk, I think, that's our salvation, everybody's salvation, but... I mean, they're they're pro-indie for sure, but the kind of things they seem to be um, getting campaigning about is things like the environment. It's right. things like the, you know, democracy and, and land use and, you know, lots, yeah. a much wider um, sphere of things because I think they've all, they've already, they've always grown up with devolution. So they've yeah. never known it when we didn't have it. Um, and they're looking to the next step. What's, what's the barriers that we could overcome by becoming yeah. independent? Yeah. But, in the yes movement, if you go out on a march or something, they're our age. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, yeah. where, and I, I look at the the Welsh all under one banner marches, which have been phenomenal. The last yeah. uh, couple were really, really big, and it, it takes me back to what it was like when we started that. And yeah. it's that we're all, you know, we're all on the same side. We're all going for the same yeah. thing, and it was very the energy there was lovely. Whereas if you look at our um, the independence movement where we are, there's factions, there's disagreements, yeah. there's different approaches. There's some people won't go on all under one banner marches. So some people won't do something else. And uh, in a way, it's much more fragmented. But I would give my life, my right arm for a government which is committed to independence. We've just had yeah, a constitution yeah. commission here which says independence on the agenda, which is the first time ever, which is good to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, I, I think I think that's true. I mean, it's true what Fiona says. It's like the, the, the actual marches now are, are far less, um, you know, well supported than they used to be. But we're in a, a compared, especially yes. compared with that one down Wales. But then Scotland is in a different stage yes. of that journey to independence. Yes. I mean, we've, you know, we've got the independence support in, in people down in Westminster yes. and in Holyrood and yes. and, and with, with a, a very good you know working majority well huge majority in yes. Westminster but a, a very decent working majority in Holyrood yes. so so maybe something like you know a, 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 a march to galvanize folk is is still a still really going to be a good thing to happen to keep in down in Wales but not so not so no. important up, no. up here that, that, that we're doing different things the message we were sending with the big marches was to the Scottish government to say, hey, get us another referendum at that yeah. point rather than anybody else. But I, I love Mark Drakeford. I mean, I, I can't understand yeah, why he's yeah. not pro-indie. He's not that far away. Is well, he? I think he's I think I think people in the independence movement here would like to project that he's some indie closet. He, he's a unionist. <laughs> he, he would, I don't think he will ever come for independence. And I think it's, it's I mean, a mistake. I mean, uh, but I was just going to say that the other thing up here is that, um, you know, there's there's also really there's there's a there's a lot of on the ground, you know, yes supporting groups. So I'm in one that's yes Northwest Glasgow. I'm also in, involved in pensioners for independence. So there's a lot of those groups yeah. act, active around the country, and then and then there's groups like um, Believe in Scotland, which is an off campaigning offshoot of Business for Scotland, right, and okay. and they're just they're doing amazing kind of work to bring up to 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 you know to to have the kind of leaflets and yeah. and information to go out and campaign with, and then there's setups like the Common Wheel, which is a well, I, I've I've sometimes described it as a think tank, but but they don't. They, I mean, they will agree that they're a think tank, but they all they're a think tank, and then they and they're also a campaigning body. Yeah. So there's a lot, there's you know, there's a lot going yeah, on and, and besides want, being yes, a and, big march. Yes, and you want that plurality as well here in Wales. I mean, yes, yeah, you organised yeah. meeting yeah. in the Royal Welsh Winter Show, which is a big agriculture event here last week, was it? Discuss independence for agriculture, which is yeah. a good, important step. Yeah. So, so are you? Can I ask a question? Are you? Yes. Are you optimistic about Wales? You know, going further. Well, I'm. The path? You know, with with Welsh, <laughs> the default setting is to, to be pessimistic. But um, no, I think if Scotland, <laughs> well, this is the important thing happening with Yes Cymru now is to create that infrastructure, that network of people yeah. to get the argument out, and that's happening, and that's good stuff. And this has never happened. Before in Wales either, so Plaid Cymru, the, the main nationalist party, was always a bit shy of using the word word independence. There's some kind of ideological reasoning that no country is, is actually independence. What is independence? Which I think really was cowardice for just coming out and saying they want independence. But so until the S Cymru came along, really there wasn't anyone making the case clearly for independence and say, okay, maybe it's never going to happen, but we have to make that case. So I think that case has been stronger. We had a constitutional convention. They gave their first draft uh, this week, which I said independence is one of the options there, um, which is a, a big step forward. Uh, Huge. And I think people, I think a lot of people still, the Labour Party is very strong here. I think a lot of people will go for that. But I think when Scotland starts moving, I think a lot of people can start asking questions. I mean, the idea yeah. of, people like the idea of being uh, you know, part of the, the home natures, England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland. I think people quite like that in Wales for lots of different reasons. Um, but if Scotland's gone and you know, Northern Ireland then is, is going to reunite to the south sometime, yeah. then we, that family nation is gone then, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it's it's got to be for something as well. I mean, one of the yes. things with independence is 
because there are things that we see that we want to do as yeah. a country that we're prevented from doing. I mean, even something like the you know drug consumption room, something yeah, no. that should be our business that we can't do because somebody sitting in London won't let us so they can complain about yeah. well, and this is a, issues. The, and this is the problem we have in Wales, where we have a Labour government now who doesn't want Wales to have control over judiciary and police. So there's things we could be do, diff, doing differently instead of drug control, uh, the the incarceration rates here in Wales for is much higher than England, disgracefully so. But unfortunately, we have a Labour Party who wants to keep it in England and Wales judiciary. So we are not having a government who's actually fighting for Wales. They're fighting for trying to win a seat and some Welsh MPs to get their ministerial car and the little little big, little boxes in Westminster. So we're still faced with a party which is a inherently unionist and will defer to Westminster. The sections within the party about forty percent, fifty percent want independence, which support independence. I think the type of people who get into the MP would consistently vote against more powers to the Welsh Parliament, against their own party running powers in Wales, which is absolutely bizarre. It uh, is, isn't it? It is absolutely crazy. <laughs> uh, but then it all for the support Independence Day for Barbados or India, whatever, the First Minister would congratulate them on the independence and, of course, the story yes, doing good yes. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and, the, uh, the other narrative is that we're we're separatists, you know. That, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Language yes. and so so on the fourth of July we celebrate American separatism <laughs> day. Yeah, which literally <laughs> which literally fought a war against count forces. You know, but um, right. I think we're coming into the time. Uh, Fiona McGregor and Marlene Halliday, thanks for making the time. It's been very interesting and very informative uh, to learn what's happening in Scotland. So much good things happening there. Keep up the good work. You are a beacon of hope for us here in Wales. We've got a lot to learn from uh, how things are conducted there. And hopefully your fight and your success will uh, give us strength to ensure we, we're not stuck in some kind of England and Wales, Wales rump stump, like some kind of Belarus to Russia. Um, you've been listening to Radio Yeskimi. I think you're going to share this podcast on uh, the Scottish Independence Podcast as well. Yes, uh, we will. Welcome to do that. Uh, and then... Maybe we can meet up in a few years' time, a few months' time, and see how things are, are progressing yeah. there as well. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Thanks, thanks, for for thanks for making the time. Thank you. Boyle, and thanks for speaking again. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Well, that was great fun. We really enjoyed that. And if you'd like to know more about Yes Cymru, they do have a website. They also have a YouTube channel. And if you have a look, you'll be able to watch the video of our interview with Sean, or rather, Sean's interview with us. <laughs> That's it for this week. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Bye now.